Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. speaking about God is in control and I remember when I had my first child Jilly who's now nearly 30 this year and I was so excited to be having this child because I've been told by numerous doctors since I was 17 years old that I would never have babies and that there was just no possible way that I would have children because I had cancer when I was 17. And here I was, I was pregnant with this child and anticipating having this child. And I remember when she was born and she was laid in my arms and I looked at her for the first time, this miracle that had been put in my arms. And there was a moment when everyone left the room and it's just me and Jilly alone in a room together and I'm holding her in my arms and I look down at her and she looks up at me and her eyes lock with my eyes and there's a moment right then and there where as she looks into my eyes and I look into her eyes is this knowing that I'm responsible now for this life that this little baby is totally dependent upon me from this moment forward. From the moment she was conceived in my womb, she is completely dependent on me. And I look with my eyes back into her eyes and it's almost like I'm saying, it's okay, mummy's here. Mummy's in control. Mummy's got your back. You don't have to worry about a thing, little one, because I'm not going to let anything hurt you. I'm going to protect you with everything that I have. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to watch every day of your life. Every day of your life is going to be recorded in my memory because you are the most precious, 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 precious little thing in my life. And I will make sure it all goes well for you. Do you know that Psalm 139, God is speaking about a moment like that in your life. In Psalm 139, he speaks about, for I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Every day of your life was recorded in my book. He speaks about that he knows every hair on your head. He knows what you're going to speak before you say it. He knows where you're going to go. He knows when you're going to wake up, when you're going to go to sleep. He watches over you like a mother watches over her child. He watches over you every day of your life. He is saying to you, as he locks eyes with you, as you lock eyes with him, he's saying to you, child, I'm in control. You don't have to worry about a thing, child. Because dad's going to look after you. Dad's got your back. 
I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep things away from you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to watch every day of your life. And I'm going to bring the plans and the purposes that I have for your life to full fulfillment. No matter what comes your way, no matter what roads come, no matter what diversions come, no matter what evil tries to stop you, no matter what sickness comes in your way, I am God and I will have my perfect plan and my perfect purpose for your life. Why? Because I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb and you are mine. That's who God is. That's who God is. It's, it's so sad when I try to speak to people about the God that I love, about the God that I know, about the God who rescued me, about the God who came and wrapped his arms around me when I needed him the most. When I try to say, but God, and they have this picture of a cranky, cranky God who's judging them, who's waiting for them to make the wrong move, a God who's watching every day of their lives so he can keep a record of their wrongs, a God who looks down from heaven and and is not pleased with them, not pleased at all, a God who does not look after them, a God who does not protect them, a God who doesn't really give a damn about their lives. Life is just going on and God's out there and I don't really want a part of him because he doesn't care about me and maybe I don't care about him. What a sad thing. What a sad thing when a child is separated from the parent who loves it so much. What a sad thing when a perfect God is cast away from us because we don't understand that his perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. I was reading this in the message this week. It's Psalm 91. And just let me read it to you from the message translation. It's amazing. Listen to this. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I am safe. That's right. He rescues you from the hidden traps, shields you from the deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly saved. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't even get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you only get to know and trust me 
Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you. Then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life and I'll give you a drink of my salvation. That's profound. This is God holding you in his arms and making promises to you, locking eyes with you and telling you, I am in control. I will look after you. I don't think there's ever been days than the days that we live in now that we absolutely have to get a revelation that God is in control. It's not a nice thing to feel like the world is going around, everything is happening, there's wars and rumours of wars, there's crazy guys, you know, with black flags running around the earth doing weird and wonderful things. And in the midst of it, no one's in control. It's just like, it's anarchy. It's out of control. No one knows what's going on. No one can fix this. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But that's not, as Luke said, it's not the way the story goes, is it, Luke? When you read the whole Bible and you see the way the story goes, you realize God is in control. God controls all things, working out everything in conformity with the plan and the purpose of his own will. It says in 1 Timothy 6.15, he is the only ruler, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. He is the king over all kings. He is the Lord over all lords. He is actually the only sovereign ruler over the whole planet, over the whole universe, over all of creation. He is in control. He is sovereign. Amen. His throne is in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Psalm 130. 10319. And you might just ask, like, you know, is God really in control? The concept of the control of God over everything is called this the sovereignty of God. You might hear that spoken, you know, God or God is sovereign. What is sovereignty? What is the sovereignty of God? Let's have a look at it. Nothing, nothing gives us more strength and confidence like an understanding of the sovereignty of God in our lives. This is a definition. God's sovereignty is defined as his complete and total independent control over every creature, event, and circumstance at every moment in history. Let me say that again. God's sovereignty is defined as his complete and total independent control over every creature, event, and circumstance at every moment in history. Subject to none, influenced by none, absolutely independent, God does what he pleases only as he pleases. Um, God is in complete control of every molecule in the universe at every moment. And everything that happens is either caused or allowed by him for his own perfect purposes. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. And as I have purposed, so it shall stand. Isaiah 14, 24. Do you know that nothing in the earth is random? Nothing is by chance. 
especially not in the lives of those who believe in Him. Because Dad's got it. Nothing is random. Nothing is by chance. Everything is purposed and used for the purposes of God in our lives. God has resolved to do what He will do and nothing and no one stands in His way. It says here in Isaiah 46.10, I made known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. It's It's so powerful. Some people have a theory that, or a philosophy that is called open theism. In other words, God has given us a free will. And therefore, God, to a certain extent, is controlled by our free will. In other words, we as sinners and as human beings, we go and mess things up. God doesn't really know what's going to happen. He can't see into the future. He's just sort of chasing after us, cleaning up our messes as we go. It's called open theism. And so we mess things up, and then God comes along and He fixes it. And then we mess things up, and God comes along and He fixes it. It says this. I'll just read it out to you. God's total sovereignty over all creation directly contradicts the philosophy of open theism, which states that God doesn't know what's going to happen in the future any more than we do. So he has to constantly be changing his plans and reacting to what the sinful creatures do as they exercise their free will. God isn't finding out what's going to happen as events unfold. God already knows. Who knows that? He knows the beginning from the end. He's not just chasing our tails. He's actually setting things in place. He set your life in place, the Word of God says, before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew every day it was written in His book. It is a plan and purpose. It has a, it has a journey, good and bad, to develop who you are who you are as a human being, who you are in your character, who you are in your strengths and your weaknesses. Do you know if everything just went great for us? You know, if God said, I formed you in your mother's room and, you know, the rest of your life is just going to be a breeze, it's just, we, we would be the most horrible human beings to be around. Because how many of you know that it's through our trials, it's through our tribulations, it's through those things that happen to us in our lives, the things that we have to navigate in our journey that actually make us the depth of the humanity that we are. It's those things that make us love one another. It's those things that make us have compassion for others. It's those things that, that dig deep into our souls and refuse to let us stay the same. It's those things that, that drive us and push us to become better human beings than to be content with the way that we are. It's those things, the struggles in our lives that actually drive us to become like God. Because in every struggle, in every tribulation, as we choose good over evil, we're getting closer and closer to the original purpose of our lives, and that was to be made in the image of God. Amen? But open theism is basically saying 
that we are gods, that we are, by our own free will, we're controlling God's nature. We're controlling God. That's, that just really goes back to Genesis, to the lies of Satan from the very beginning. He says, you can be like God if you eat from the tree of good and evil. Now, God is in control. And we are the people of his pasture. We're his children. We're we're his sheep. We're that little baby laying in his arms, looking up into his eyes, locking eyes with him and say, Dad, you've got this, haven't you? Dad, you've got this, haven't you? You've got it. Our wills are only free to the extent that God allows us that freedom and no farther. I'll say that again. Our wills are only free to the extent that God allows us that freedom and no farther. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Daniel 4:35. No one's free will trumps the sovereignty of God. No one's free will, whether for evil or for good, no one's free will trumps the sovereignty of God. You know, some people find it appealing that to think that Satan has control over a certain amount of life, that evil has control over a certain amount of life, and that God is cons- uh, constantly revising his plans to accommodate Satan's tricks. You know, Satan is, you know, oh, I've got one on you, God, I'm going to do this, and you're not even going to realize it, and then, God, you're going to have to come and fix it up. You know, this is not true. The book of Job is a clear illustration of just who has the sovereign power and who doesn't. Satan came to God and in effect said, Job only serves you because you protect him. So God gave Satan permission to do certain things to Job, but no more. Job 1, 6 to 22. Could Satan do more than that? No way. God is in control over Satan and his demons who try to thwart God's plans at every step. God is in control. God is larger, much larger than any evil in this world. God's love is greater than any hatred. It it doesn't matter how much the news pump out the evil, pump out the hatred, pump out the darkness. God's love trumps it. God's love is greater. God's kindness is greater. Love conquers evil. Love is always your trump card. Always. Amen? You know, if it's true that Satan comes up with tricks to try and stop God's plans, then he knew from the Old Testament that God's plans for Jesus were to come to the earth. He knew that Jesus was to come to the earth from the Old Testament. I mean, there are literally hundreds of prophecies He knew the Word of God. He'd read them. He knew them. He knew the Word that that the Messiah was coming and that the fall of Satan would come to pass. The whole thing was written in God's Word. 
There were numbers of free will decisions made leading up and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there was no way Satan could stop what God had set in motion. How many thousands of years has he tried to stop the church? But he cannot stop it. He doesn't trump over God. God has the last say. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Acts 2, 23. No actions by the Romans, the Pharisees, Judas, or anyone else kept God's plan from unfolding exactly the way he purposed it from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 says, We were chosen in him before the world was even created. We were in the mind of God to be saved by faith in Christ. That means God knit together Satan's rebellion, Adam and Eve's sin, the fall of the human race, the death and the crucifixion of Christ, all seemingly terrible events to save us before he created us. He is a perfect example of God working all things together for good, Romans 8, 28. God works all things together for good, even the things that we go, God, what are you doing? Like surely, you know, what about this? And what about, there's so many questions. If God is sovereign, then why are children starving? Why is this happening? Why is that happening in the world? Why is this happening in my life? And this is the beauty of understanding that God is in control no matter what we see with our natural eyes. He is in control. Unlimited in power, unrivaled in majesty, and not thwarted by anything outside himself. Our God is in complete control of all circumstances causing or allowing them for his own good purposes and plans to be fulfilled exactly as he has foreordained. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Isaiah 55, 8-11, God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. For my ways are not your ways. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall, it shall accomplish that which I purpose and will succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. In that, in that verse in Psalm 91, the, the part at the moment in my life that just, you know, sometimes you'll be reading the word of God and there'll just be a portion that just goes whack. It just... You know, it just hits you. When I was reading this, this is the part that just whacked me. It says this, His huge, outstretched arms protect you. 
Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. I believe that right now is a time in many people's lives, whether they know God or they don't know God, where God is literally reaching his big arms forward, where we're running ahead in life without him as Christians and as people who don't even know his name yet. We're running in life ahead of him. We're running as if we are fatherless. We're running as if there is no one in control. And I believe God in his sovereignty and his loving kindness right now across the earth is reaching his big arms, as it were, forward. He's scooping us up like a mother gathers her chicks. He's gently pushing us behind him. And then he's turning around and patting us on the head and saying, I've got this. I've got this. The Father is reaching forward with his big arms, gathering us together, safely tucking us behind his back, reaching behind, tapping us on the head and saying, I've got this. There is no greater place, there is no greater place to be than under the covering of the great big arms of God. There's no greater feeling than to get behind the back of your dad when the bullies are coming at you when there's storms raging around you, when you feel like you can't cope with certain things, when there's circumstances that you're facing that are too big for you, when you read the news, when you look at the headlines and you feel as if everything is getting out of control, when you feel like your mind is out of control, when your world is out of control, when your health is out of control, There's no greater place to be than right near our dad, nestled into his legs, that he could grab his arms around us, put us behind his back, pat us on the head. I've got this. I've got this. We used to sing a song. I used to sing a song. He's got the whole world in his hands. (laughs) He's got you and me, brother, in his hand. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Do you know that the scriptures speak of his hand spanning the universe? That from thumb to little finger, his hand spans the whole universe. I was watching some stuff on Facebook this week about the largest star. And it said something like if you were to take a jet airliner 
and fly around this star, it would take you 1,100 years to fly around it. That was a star. One star. And yet my scripture says that he spans the universe from his thumb to his little pinky with his hand. And so when I say he reaches forward with his big arms, we understand when the scripture says, are my arms too short that they cannot save? Do you think God's arms are so short that he cannot save you? that he cannot heal you, that he cannot help you, that he cannot protect you and keep you. But we have these little, these little shields. We're out in the battle with our little shields. They're called self-protection. And we're doing this at the forces that are coming against us, trying desperately. We feel surrounded. And the Lord is saying, put down that old shield of self-protection. And Ephesians speaks about, in Ephesians 6, speaks about the armour of God, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith. The shield of self-protection has this one lie attached to it. You have to protect yourself because God does not protect. Like God might be great to be your salvation, to be your friend, to be, you know, the one that you speak to, the one that you love. But when it comes to a very difficult situation, the little shield of that you hold up of self-protection says, oh, God can't, God can't protect me from this. Or the enemy will speak to you about being surrounded. I'm surrounded by my enemies. There's no way out of this. And suddenly your God becomes very small. Your enemy becomes very large. Your God becomes very small. Your problems become very large. Your God becomes very small. Your sickness becomes very large. Your God becomes very small. Your finances become very large. Your God becomes very small. Your your job situation becomes very large. But the Bible says, pick up the shield of faith. Pick up the shield of faith. And it will protect you from the fiery darts of the enemy. The shield of faith that the Bible talks about is like, you know, the full size of a very tall man. It's over six foot tall. And it goes right to the floor and it's the width of a few men. And when you put it in front of you, it completely protects you. See, the lie is God does not protect, but the truth is God is your shield and your rampart. God is your protector. God is in control. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There needs to come a time in your life when you realise, and I'm speaking to myself right now, There needs to come a time in your life where you realise you can't help God anymore. 
you can't help God anymore. In fact, God doesn't really need your help. I remember a wise lady once said to me, Julie, you are not the fourth person of the Trinity. Because I wanted to fix everyone. I wanted to help everybody. I, wanted to, I was like Mother Teresa. It was like, I would die for this. And I realized that day that God actually didn't need my help. He just needed my hands. He just needed my heart. He wanted to love me more than I wanted to love other people. And unless I let God love me first, what did I have to give other people but my own human love, which always fails? But God's love, 1 Corinthians 13 says, never fails. Love, God's love, never fails. You just need to lay back in the, in the loving arms of God sometimes and just let these words breathe from your mouth. Abba, Father. And the word Abba is translated Daddy. God is calling us to come into an intimate relationship with him as Abba, Daddy. Daddy's got this. Daddy's got your back. And there comes within that Abba, Daddy, there comes a sigh that says, I belong to you. You're holding me in your arms. I'm locking eyes with you. And you are in control. Hebrews 4.9 says this, There remains a rest for the people of God. Do you know what? You know how that, you know what the kind of rest that that brings? It's a, it's a supernatural rest. To literally just give up, to give up the fight, to give up the struggle, to give up the pretense, and lay back in your dad's arms and saying, Hold me, shelter me, protect me, feed me, clothe me, lead me in your perfect will and purposes, God. Provide for me, I trust in you. There comes a rest. And that rest, Hebrews talks about, is the rest that comes from being in covenant relationship with God. And covenant relationship with God can only come through a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to my Father except through me. 
Jesus gave his very life so that we might be connected to our God, our Father, who is in control and is watching over us. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet in the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your love, God. How beautiful is your love. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that you come. You come close to us. Even right now, you're coming close and you're just, you're just wrapping us in your arms, locking eyes with us. You are mine. You are my beloved. You are my child. I know you. I've always known you. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You know, many people in this room, as every eye is closed, have said a prayer at some stage. And she says, Lord, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Resolve the fact that I'm separated from God and bring me close to my Father. And let me be your child as I was always ordained to be since you formed me in my mother's womb. Right now with every eye closed right across this room as the music lifts, if you feel tonight you'd like to pray that prayer with me, A supernatural thing will happen inside your heart when you pray that. It's a simple prayer. seems too simple. It seems too easy. You mean, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do some great works. I don't have to please God in some way. No, I've just explained to you that you are his child and he longs to hold you. He longs to protect you. He longs to watch over you. He longs to do life with you. He longs to speak with you. He longs to to give you all the blessings that he has stored up for you. Right now, every eye closed across this room. Just lift your hand in the air and say, Julie, pray with me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hand and say, Julie, I'll pray that prayer. I'll pray that prayer, Julie. I'll pray that prayer. Just a couple more minutes. Every eye closed right across the room. Just as the music lifts a minute. God might be just, you know, in your, inside of you right now, your heart might be racing and there may be a beating heart inside of you just going, oh, you know, I know God's speaking to me, but this is so weird. You know, I, I don't understand this. You know, you don't have to understand. There's a place where we're connected to God from our spirit, not our mind. And there's a place inside of you where you know deep down inside that you belong to God. You know that He did form you in your mother's womb. You know that He has watched you every day of your life. And it's just your dad reaching out his arm to you saying, Take my hand. Take my hand. I want to be connected with you again. If there's anyone in this room just saying, Yeah, I want to take God's hand. I just wave at me like that. I'm not going to call you out. I'll pray with you when the service is finished. Just wave at me saying, Pray with me, Julie. 
Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, we worship you, oh God. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Do you know, I spoke about that there comes a rest when we totally just say to God, take control of my life. the rest of your promise. It may be the rest of your healing. It may be the rest of your deliverance. It may be the rest of your calling. It may be the rest of your purpose and the plans that God has for you. As you find that rest in God, as you allow God to get His big arms around you and just tuck you in behind His back, pat you on the head, say, I've got this, then I believe the rest of all that you have will come to pass as God leads the way, as your Father makes a path before you, as your Father paves the way for your future and your home. Let's just lift our hands. Let's lift our gaze. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just press in and worship for a minute. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ for all our.